Welcome to Behold, a podcast for women longing to live a life worthy of the call they have received. I'm Christy Horsch, and this is episode 32. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 32 of the Behold podcast. I'm Christy Horsch, and I am so glad that you have decided to join me today. Today, we, I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I recorded this episode (laughs) three times already. And the first and second times, different things went wrong. And the third time, I just wasn't feeling it. So I'm going to save those ideas for another day. And today, instead, I'm going to start talking about the holidays. Now, in Beckend, which is the Behold membership group, I'm getting ready to launch a really in-depth course in the holidays and how to manage your mind about it. And I'm really looking forward to deep diving into that mindset work that is going to help bring about just a really joyful and peaceful season this year. But the next time that the doors open, this is a course you will not want to miss because we're going to tackle living the season of living in this season for Christ and changing your mindset and stress and overwhelm and all the details, decorating, budgeting, hosting, gifts, as well as navigating all those relationships through the holidays. But in today's episode, I'm going to just introduce you to a small slice of of this and then encourage you to join us in Beckend in the future so you can really jump in and implementing these in your life. Okay, so let us start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, Lord, in your infinite wisdom, you have created us to be your people. And you've given us a world of seasons. Seasons that we can use to help us to be in in rhythm with you. Seasons that we can use to help bring you glory. We ask that we use these seasons well. We ask you to help us to keep you as the focus as we go towards Christmas this year. And we ask that we know that our joy comes from you. And we ask that our holidays this year may be filled with the utmost joy. In Jesus' name we pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So for many of us, the holiday season, might we might think that it starts at Thanksgiving and goes until New Year's. Or maybe it starts in the middle of September when the stores begin decorating. But whatever the case might be, for me... The holidays kind of kick off with All Saints Day and they end with Epiphany. Now that doesn't mean that my tree goes up early, but it does mean that after the All Saints celebrations wrap up, I'm going to start planning and doing the mindset work that's going to help me and my family to have the season that we really want. And so for us, that season will include liturgical living. What is liturgical living? Liturgical living is following the seasons of the church in your day-to-day life. Faith is not meant to only be practiced in church on Sundays. We are meant to bring God into our home, give him a prominent seat at the table, and worship him accordingly. When we follow the liturgical calendar in our homes, we are much more likely to have a home that is perfumed with the unmistakable scent of Christ. As humans, we crave seasons. Seasons give us tradition and expectation, anticipation, and beauty in our everyday life. Think about the change from winter to spring or spring to summer, summer to fall. We anticipate these moments. We look forward to the things we expect in the seasons, like pumpkins in the fall or sledding in the winter, flowers in the spring, lazy days in the summer. 
Our traditions often fit into the framework of a season. In her wisdom, the church has gifted us with seasons. So even if we live somewhere where the weather doesn't change, we can still notice the seasons changing in the church. Different seasons at church bring different colors of decorations and priestly garments, different songs and prayers, different feelings. November keeps us in ordinary time, and it's also a month dedicated to the holy souls in purgatory. We are reminded of our place in the church in November. We're the church militant. The saints in heaven are the church triumphant, and the holy souls are the church suffering. We remember our mortality in the world because it helps us to love better today. At the end of November, the church year ends with the Feast of Christ the King of, King of the Universe, which after a month of remembering our mortality is a gift to remember that he is already victorious and reigns on high. The new church year starts with Advent, and Advent is a season of prep preparation, preparing our hearts, bodies, souls, homes, and the world for the newborn king. And then, of course, comes Christmas. As you can see, there is a lot of liturgical living to do in the next two months, not to mention all the feast days in between. But how do we bring it into our home without stress? Liturgical living has become pretty popular in the Catholic sphere over the last past few years. There are some incredible blogs and books on the subject that give you so many ideas and options to show you exactly how to bring it into your home. I think the danger is, though, that we read about all of the options. We see the Instagram-worthy feast day celebrations. We begin to compare, and suddenly those sneaky thoughts start creeping in. I can't do it that well. I'll never remember all this. I'm not qualified. I don't know my faith well enough. My crafts never look like that. I can't cook like that. I can't afford that. I'm doing this wrong. I don't even have a Catholic friend to share this with. And no matter which one of those thoughts you might be having, all of these different thoughts usually accumulate with a sneaky thought at the end. And that sneaky thought is possibly, and because of that, I'm a bad mom. Or some other version such as, I'm not teaching my kids the faith well enough. Or maybe even, I'm not a good Catholic. From those sneaky thoughts, those are painful thoughts, and you're probably feeling maybe hopeless or confused, unsure, not prepared, maybe even just spinning in all of these emotions. And so how do you act when you feel that way? Probably by not showing up very well, maybe buffering, maybe doing the liturgical stuff halfway, maybe not doing it at all. And then what's your result? You're not living liturgically. And if you are, you're not doing it in a way that brings you and your family closer to God. Today, I'm going to walk you through a few ways to approach liturgical living in a way that brings you closer to God and helps you find that peace and joy that you crave. First, I want you to get to know yourself and the gifts that God has given you. If you aren't crafty, don't plan to live liturgically through crafting. If you don't cook, don't try to plan a three-course meal for your feast days, unless maybe it's takeout. Ask the Lord how he wants you to live liturgically and then embrace it. Second, it doesn't have to be complicated. Living liturgically is what you make it. In our house, we started with, the feast, with feast days. Each of my kids has a patron saint. Most of my kids, it's a name saint. One doesn't have one, so she adopted a saint early on whose name rhymes with her name. And each year... We mark the feast day on the calendar, and typically for that day, the kid chooses the meal, and we make a dessert. We talk a little bit about the saint, 
and ask that saint to pray for us. And we've added other saints to our list over the years, and sometimes celebrating them is as simple as opening a box of Oreos after lunch or just telling the kids it's so-and-so is feast day, let's ask them to pray for us. For a few saints, we have books or movies or a podcast that we'll enjoy learning more about them with, and sometimes we don't even do that much. As you can see, you can keep it pretty simple. The funny thing is, things come become tradition pretty quickly, and your kids are going to get excited when the days roll around. Kids love novelty, and it's not it really isn't that hard to be novel. If you save dessert for feast days and special days only, or if you play a board game or do some coloring pages, they're going to begin to love liturgical living because it becomes a special day even if it is in a small way. This is something to keep in mind throughout the entire holiday season. Next, manage your expectations. We turn to social media and we see beautiful and elaborate celebrations. Remember, comparison robs us of our joy. The Lord did not make us to all experience everything in the same way. We all have our own path to sanctification, and it is good to keep that in mind as we grow closer and bring our families closer to God. And this, of course, brings me back to thought work. Earlier in the episode, we talked about some of those thoughts that keep us from living liturgically at the holidays and all year. Let's do the mindset work to help us live through it live through it well, I should say. As you remember, our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings create our actions, our actions give us our results. So first, do you want to or are you being called to live liturgically? The answer might be no and that's okay. However, living within the rhythms of the church is a beautiful experience, so if you aren't sure, consider trying it. But if the answer is a resounding no, then let it go. Don't push for something that you're not called to do. Of course, still go to Mass on Holy Days and pray and keep Christ in Christmas, but you do not have to celebrate every feast day between now and Epiphany. Next, find your unintentional model. What are you actually thinking? Do you have a sneaky, I'm a bad mom thought in there? Let's change that. Instead, what if you thought, I'm a mom who's leading my family towards Christ? How does that feel? If that feels like a kind of a stretch for your brain right now, try a bridge thought. I'm learning to lead my family towards Christ. Remember, God knew exactly who you were going to be at this moment. He knew your resources and abilities, and he wants you to use what you have to grow closer to him. Your attempts to live in harmony with the season of the church will not go without grace. Okay, so you have the thought. I can do this. I can do this liturgical living thing. I'm learning how to point my family towards Christ. From here, you may feel confident, motivated, or maybe even curious on how you're going to do that. Then you'll have the actions from those feelings that will help you to do the research, pursue whatever it is you wanted to do for that feast day, and make it happen in a way that's best for you. And the thing is, when you're doing those from that place, you're going to do them with love and joy, and not from stress and overwhelm, where you end up snapping at everyone. We've all been there. There is a different way. But what if you're on the other end of the scale, and you want to go all out on living liturgically, and you have the talent and the resources to do it, but you're afraid of what others will think? You don't want to be that crazy Catholic in the neighborhood. Or maybe your husband isn't Catholic, And you're not sure what he's going to do when he comes home to an All Saints Day party. In this situation, again, it's managing your thoughts. 
When you think, they'll think I'm the crazy Catholic neighbor, how do you feel? Probably shame, embarrassment, fear of rejection. These are some powerful negative feelings that will stop you from acting. Instead, sit with them. Let yourself feel them. And then remind yourself that making decisions from fear is not from God. If he's calling you to have this All Saints Day party and parade your kids throughout the neighborhood dressed as saints, then he will provide the grace you need to overcome the fallout. And in truth, the fallout from that is probably going to be minimal because our dramatic brains make us think that things are usually going to be a lot worse than they actually are. Most people are more focused on themselves than on what you do. And then if they do get judgy, it's often because they're hol you're holding a mirror up to something that's upsetting them about themselves. So if you want to go big time with your liturgical living this year, try the thought, God is calling me to this, and I'm so excited to get to love God in this way. Or maybe I'm glad that God has blessed me with these talents so I can give him glory. Keep God as your audience instead of the world, and you'll have a lot more peace. And from that place, you'll be able to act and get the results that you were looking for. Managing your mind around liturgical living or any activity or event that we want to take on this season can make all the difference. So many times events bring stress and overwhelm and comparison and inadequacy. Instead, we can manage our expectations, manage our thoughts, make a plan that fits our uniqueness, and let peace and joy fill our planning and execution. What a gift that is to our family and to God and to ourselves. And when we approach our lives with peace and joy, we'll be living a life worthy of the call we have received. I'm Christy Horsch. Have a blessed week.